I'm excited about this new series. I'm amped. I'm glad to be in the house of God and glad to be here. We've been talking about this series, preparing, planning it for a while, and uh, excited that we're going to be kicking it off today. I, I, I would pray, hope. And that you would get the heart of what we're going to be talking about, the spirit of what we're going to be talking about. It's more than just loving the beaches and the sun. That's all great. It's good to live in Miami. Uh, we live where people vacation. Hashtag. How good is that? Uh, but beyond the beaches, beyond the sun, um, I really believe God loves the people in this city. And I want us to be a community, a church that loves this city. The book of Jeremiah talks about God giving a message to his people and he says they were they were they were they weren't in their homeland they were in another city and he says hey I want you to pray for the, the the prospering of your city because if your city prospers you prosper pray for God to bless it I wonder how many of us are praying for our city believing God for big things in our city and that's what we're going to be doing over these next six weeks and I just think it'll be awesome we're going to kick it off today with Ephesians chapter two are you there come on ask your neighbor if he's there Give him an elbow and say, hey, come on, smile a little bit more. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to be getting off in verse 11. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. You can just follow along. It says this. This is Paul. Paul is writing this. He's writing this to the church in Ephesus. And it's an extremely important announcement. This is incredible what he's about to say. I want you to pay attention. This is what he says. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles, you used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens. That's a nice name to be called by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, oh, wait, wait, you confused me. For Christ, wait, okay, we're good. Okay, but now <laughs> you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Come on, how good is that? For Christ himself, he's brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on that cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. My voice is almost gone. He did this by ending the system of the law with his commandments and regulations, and he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on a cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. I love this verse. It says, now all of us, Come on, somebody say that with me. Now all of us, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Come on, how good is that right there? Now all of us can come to the Father through the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. I love this passage. I think that passage alone, there's so much gold there. And I'm going to try to talk about it a little bit, unpack it, and and I got a message on my heart out of these few verses that I want to share as we kick off week one of this brand new series. And the subject I'm going to be talking about, the title, if you want to write this down, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, I want you to write this down. The title is, Everyone's Invited. Everyone's Invited. Come on, can you tell your neighbor, you're invited. Come on, tell them, you're invited. And uh, I was trying to decide between two titles, so I just said we'll put all two, both of them up there. Uh, the second one is, Tear Down the Walls. Everyone's invited, tear down the walls. And I pray that today over the next 20, 25 minutes, you can capture the heart of the series and what we're going to be talking about. I really believe it's more than just a series, it's the heart of God. 
And I really believe it's what, it's the beat of the heart of God. It's the rhythm of God's heart for this community, for this city, for his people. Uh, actually, at the end of the day, it's for the world. And I pray that we become a, a city, a community, a church that gets this and lives it out. So I'm excited about it, and I'm glad that you are in the house. We're going to begin. We're going to pray that God will speak to us here. If this is your first or second time here, we're glad you're here. And I know you could be anywhere else, but you picked the best time, the best place to be, and that's God's house. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. God, you are so good to us. We thank you that we live in a city like this, uh, like Miami. It's beautiful, God. We thank you for this opportunity. We, we believe you've called us for such a time as this. We believe it's not a coincidence. We believe it's not by accident. But we believe that you have us here with a purpose, God. And uh, we pray that we would understand your heart, your spirit for this people, for this city, for this community, God, that you would use us. This church, God, that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus in Miami. We love our city because we know that you love our city. We love the people of Miami because we know you love the people of Miami, God. And we pray that you would bless us, bless this time here today, God. And we also pray that somehow, some way, you would uh, miraculously help the Miami Dolphins finally get a win. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. Come on, all God's people say. Amen. Can somebody give God one more shout of praise? Come on, if you love him, come on. I love Miami. I love it. Uh, this is, I just got a question. Anybody here hate standing in lines? Anybody hate lines? You hate standing in lines. Mike, you hate standing in lines. I'm praying for you. Anybody here hate standing in lines? Anybody here? I don't know one person that enjoys staying in a line for two or three hours. If you do, pray for us and I'll pray for you. That's crazy. Anybody, you go to Disney World and you have to stand in a line for three hours. Anybody hate that? The ride is only 30 seconds, but you're standing in line for two, three hours with the hot sun, it is, it is muggy, it's hot, it's horrible. Lines are, are, are I mean, I will, I will skip the ride. I'll skip the ride. I'll eat some cotton candy. You tell me how the ride was. I'm not standing in line for two or three hours. That's crazy. One of the, one of the places that you see this the most that I get a little bit, uh, you know, angry about is in these theme parks. You see all of a sudden these people that get these things now called fast passes. So you've been standing in line for an hour and a half. And all of a sudden these people just walk right up and go into the ride. And you're looking like, what in the world? Like, no, this is not fair. This is not cool. And now fast passes are limited. And if you don't get them, you have to stand in line. Like, to me, that makes no sense. Everybody should make the line together. You're not skipping me. Anybody hate being in line and you see those people that just try to skip? They just try to just get in line? Like, wait a minute. Do you not see me here standing? Like, I've been standing in line for an hour and a half and you're just going to come in and I don't know who you think you are. I know I'm Christian, but for a second I'm going to leave Jesus right here. I will cut you if you cut in front of me. Like, I will tell you straight up. Anybody hate that? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like, what? I've been in line. Why are these differences of people with fast passes and people that can skip the line? Like, that bothers me. And another place where you see this a lot is the airport. At the airport. Uh, at the airport, they call. Hey, we're, we're about to board the plane. Come out and board the plane. Everybody wants to rush. It's like, hey, we're all getting on the same plane. It's not flying without us. We're going to get it. We're going to get there. It'll be okay. And everybody rushes it. And all of a sudden, they will start letting the platinum people go in first. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Excuse me if I sound a little bit angry this morning, but. <laughs> oh, we got our preferred people coming in here first. And, uh, well, excuse me, I don't have $3,000 for a 20-minute flight. Uh, I'm not there yet. God he hasn't blessed me that much yet. Go right ahead. You can go ahead and enjoy your big uh, sofa in the front of the plane. 
You're still waiting in line. You know what bothers me most about it is when you're walking into the plane, like, I, I don't know if they do this on purpose, but it's depressing. It's, it's condescending. I hate it. You, you're walking into the plane, and, and, and they let you pass by that section first. So you're walking by, and you're just looking side to side like, I wish I could sit here. Wow, these are nice seats. This looks like a, looks like a lazy boy in an airplane. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a peasant. I'm going to the back. I'm going to the back. I'm sorry. Oh, you guys get nice dinners and lunches. We'll get peanuts, okay? We'll enjoy our peanuts. And uh, you walk by and you see they got blankets and pillows. You know what I got? I got a neighbor that's falling asleep on my shoulder, drooling, snoring. And so you don't even got leg room. And uh, it's just, it's like, why? Why the difference? And now, the other day, I, got, I was able to get on a flight, and I was able to get a little bit closer to the preferred people. And I was like, on uh, one of those roads that was closer. And now, I, maybe it's happened for a while, but I just noticed, they put a curtain when the flight's about it. Like, what? Are we too noisy for you people? Like, what? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't even want to see me. You don't even want to see me, because, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm less than you. And uh, yeah, I just started noticing this, and I got angry. I said, one day, hopefully I can afford it. What's, what's wrong with these people? Like, there's just this division, and all of a sudden, it, it just seems like it's really them and then us. Or us and them. You know, if I have to be honest, really thinking about it this past week, thinking about Miami, if we're not careful, I think the church can easily become them and us. Or us and them. I really believe God has called us to be a people and to be a church where everybody's included, everybody's invited. You can come in. It doesn't matter what background you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. Is anybody glad that God is a God that invites everybody? Oh, come on, somebody, that he opened the door for all of us to be in this together. It's not them and us. We have to be careful because this separation can begin to happen. It can creep in whether we like it or not. It begin to happen. It begin to happen. All of a sudden, it's all, all of a sudden, the words we use is, it's, it's we and they. Well, we got it together. They, on the outside, they don't have it together. We, we are the sinless people. We're, we're better. They are sinners, and they, they don't have it together. We're, we're good. They're bad. We have to be careful. We have to be careful because all of a sudden, that brings separation and distinction when God is not about that. We have, to be, we have to be careful because separation has infiltrated so much that even churches are separated. It's denominations and there's people groups and there's all these things. And if we're not careful, our church can be separated. Oh, some people will worship with some people. This, this people group will worship with their whites worship with whites and blacks with blacks and Hispanics, Latinos, they're crazy. They're loud. They got tambourines and flags. They go to one group. And if we're not careful... All of a sudden, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King said one thing one time. He said, the most segregated time in America is Sunday morning. Everybody just goes to their places. And if we're not careful, we can easily be segregated in our worship and separated in our living. Segregated in the way we worship God. We worship God with only our people, not your people. You look different, you act different, you smell different. I don't know you. And then separated in our living because we're better, we're good, we got it together. You guys are sinners. And it, it, maybe if your sin is small, pretty, maybe, but your sin is ugly. It's a bad life. I don't even want to touch it. I don't want to get involved. And we're not careful. This distinction can begin to happen. 
And, and I don't know, about, but I'm just glad this church, if you look around, it's, it's multicultural, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. And I love that everybody's included in this house. But can I be honest, across our nation, even across our globe, that does not happen everywhere. I believe we're blessed. But if we're not careful, it could begin to happen. And, and I, I believe that's, that's not the heart of heaven. Because my Bible tells me in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, look what it says. It says, for God so loved who? The world. The God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. If God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner, but he wanted to save the world, so he sent a savior. How good is that? God is so good. It says, for God so loved the world, not one people group, not one person. God so loved the world. This is what I love about it. God loves you and me. God loves us and them. There is no distinction. There is no separation. Everybody is invited. There's a door called Jesus, and the door is open to every single person that wants to walk through it. Who are we to stand at the door and reject the same people that God is inviting in? I wonder if we're doing that. I love Jesus. I love him because he came to tear down the walls of separation. I wonder if we're trying to build up the same wall that Jesus came to destroy. I love it. This is, I love Miami because, because this is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about breaking down walls. We want to talk about a church that's without walls. We want to go out into our city and love our neighbor and not just talk about it. I think we've had enough church services. What we need to do is not just be a building that's called the church. We need to be a church that's into building. We need to go outside of these four walls and love on people. And this is what this series is all about. And this is what we read about in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Now you have to understand Ephesians chapter 2. This is crazy because what Paul is writing here, just to give you a little bit of context, what Paul is writing here, it's, it's offensive to some people reading it. You have to remember in their times, Jews and Gentiles did not mix together. So while they're reading this, they're like, how could Paul? I, I can't believe Paul is doing this. Paul has lost his mind. Paul, what are you, what are you doing? Because Paul all of a sudden is saying Jews and Gentiles can live together. You have to understand the Jewish people were God's chosen people, but not chosen because they were better. They were chosen to display God's love to the world. The Gentiles were those who weren't. Doesn't mean we weren't as good. It just means he chose some people to show his love to us. But everybody was included since the beginning of time. What happened is all of a sudden pride came into the Jewish people. And all of a sudden they thought they were better. All of a sudden they say, hey, we're not like you Gentiles. God loves us. We're better. We're clean. You're unclean. You have to understand the context here is they would not do life together. They would not even be in the same house together at the same time. It was against their culture. It was against their laws to even break bread together. You couldn't eat with a Gentile. In fact, if a Gentile gave you something to eat, you couldn't even eat it. If he served you the food at a restaurant, at a place, at a house, at a home, you could not eat it. No, that comes from Gentiles' hands. I could not. If you went to Gentile territory and uh, your Nike sandals, back in the day they didn't have shoes, their Nike sandals, if it picked up Gentile dirt, you could not bring the dirt back into Jewish land. In fact, one of the things one of the laws said is that they had to shake the dust off their sandals before they entered back and don't bring that dirty dust into our land. It's complete. So what happened is there was a wall of separation. There's a wall of hostility between them and us. Between us and them, the Jews and the Gentiles. In fact, you know what they used to call Gentiles? Dogs. That was the word they used for Gentiles, dogs. How many of you love Jesus? Come on, anybody love Jesus in this place? 
Jesus comes into the picture and he says, you know what? It's not about Jews and Gentiles. It's not about men or women. It's not about black or white. It's all that we are all children of God. We are one family under one king and his name is Jesus Christ the King. Come on, anybody glad that Jesus came to break down the wall? Oh, come on. We are all included into the gospel story. Paul is saying Jesus did away with the wall. Are we building up the same wall Jesus came to tear down? Some believe, as they've done studies and archaeologists and scholars, that in the temple there was an actual wall where Gentiles could only get to this point. And if you were not a Jew, you could not go into the inner temple. You had to stay out. If you were a Gentile, you stayed out. Jews went in. You could only get to a certain point. I wonder if we're creating the same wall where only certain people can come in and certain people have to stay out. I believe God has called us to tear down the walls. I believe God has called us to love in our city and we, we are a city and we're going to be a community and a church where every single person can come into this place, can worship our God, can be saved, and can walk in through the door called Jesus. Come on, anybody believe it this morning? Come on, anybody love that Jesus is the door? I got three things I want to share with you real quick. I want, I want you to write this down. Point number one, we have to build bridges, not burn them, and break walls, not make them. If we're going to be a city, if we're going to be in a city, if we're going to be a church, a community that is in this city, we're going to have to build bridges, not burn them, and we're going to have to break walls, not make them. I wonder if we're, if we're building bridges. I wonder if, if all of us in our life and in the context of our sphere of life where you go to work and your family, are we building bridges with, with grace, with love, with forgiveness? Are you extending the same love and grace that God showed us? Are we building bridges or are we burning bridges with bitterness and resentment and anger and unforgiveness? And we're not, we're not building bridges. Jesus came to build a bridge. Are we tearing down walls that separate between people groups and races and different ethnicities and backgrounds or different sin? Are we creating walls? You're, you're, you're a little bit better or you're a little bit worse. And are we building that wall? Making that wall, or are we breaking the wall? I believe Jesus came to build bridges, and I believe he came to tear down walls. The Bible says in the book of John, John chapter 4, this is where Jesus just shows radical, a radical way of, of building a bridge and, and tearing down a wall. Jesus is, is in Judea, and he has to go down to Galilee. And to go from Judea to Galilee, he has to go through a place called Samaria. Now, you have to understand, Jewish people did not want to go through a town called Samaria because Jewish people had gone to Samaria back in the day. And uh, the, the only Jews that had stayed there had mingled with Gentiles, had kids with the Gentiles. And now a new race had become, they called them Samaritans, and they also called them the mixed breed. Oh, you guys are mixed. You're not pure breed. You're mixed breed. So nobody go through Samaria. They're, they're outcasts. Don't go through Samaria. So if you're going down from Judea to Galilee, please skip over Samaria. In fact, you know what they used to do? They used to take a longer route. We're not going to go through Samaria. We're going to go outside. We're not going to go through it. And let, me, let me just give you a little picture of what it is. If you're in Fort Lauderdale and you want to come down to Kendall, you have to go through Hialeah. <laughs> now, now can I say, I'm from Hialeah, okay? Born and raised in Hialeah. 305, the bottom of the crib. You already know what it is. But, but some people got certain feelings toward Hialeah. And uh, so imagine you saying, I don't want to go through Hialeah. I don't want to go through Hialeah. So instead of going through Hialeah, you go all the way out toward the Everglades and Naples just to get to Kendall. Because you want to avoid so much this people group. This is what was happening at the time. 
Jewish people wanted to avoid Samaritans at all costs. So we will go another route, a longer route. It's going to take longer, but we're going to avoid Samaritans. Jesus says, I, I had to go. Look at the Bible says in the book of John chapter 4 verse 3. It says, so he left Judea, went back once more to Galilee. Look at verse 4. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. But you understand what the verse is trying to say. He had to go because there was people there that needed to hear the gospel. I don't know about you, but there's places where you may not want to go, but we have to go. Because people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear there's a king called Jesus and the door is open for them. Are we building bridges? Or are we making walls? Jesus didn't care. On top of that, not only did he go to Samaria. When he gets to Samaria, he begins to speak to a woman in Samaria. Understand this. Men and women had a different distinction. Women were considered lower class. You would never, ever catch a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. Ever. That was the most offensive thing ever. And Jesus shares the gospel with her. He says, if you taste the living water that I have, you will never thirst again. How many of those people out there that need to know that we have the living water? We have the answer. We have the light of the world that his name is Jesus. Are we building bridges? I think one of the things that we got to do is we got to kill the laws of proximity. Where we're, 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 we, we can't be afraid of getting close to certain people or people that look different and be afraid that that's somehow going to do anything to us. I'll give you an example. I go to the buffet with my wife. She's the type of person that will get some mashed potatoes and gravy. She will get a biscuit and she'll get some chicken. They can't touch each other. Anybody like that in here? Like, I don't like gravy and mashed potatoes on my biscuit. I'm the type of person where I like, it's going to touch together once it says in your stomach. It's all going to mix together. Don't worry about it. I'm going to mix it together on my plate. Laws of proximity. We got so many people say, I can't get close to this person. I can't get close to that kind, to her, to him. I can't get close to that background. Can we break those walls and say, it doesn't make me less. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you less or me. We are all in this together. The color doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. Background doesn't matter. We are all accepted in Jesus Christ. In the time that we're living in America, in the, in the days that we're going through, I believe the first ones that should join together is the church. It can't be the people outside. It has to be us inside where we break down barriers and break down walls, not create them. And we join hands together where the color of the skin does not matter. It does not, the color of our skin does not matter. It, it is not a distinction. It is uniqueness and beauty of God. And the church should be the first ones not to remain silent, but to speak up. Say racism will not exist. Classism and all these kind of separations we have to join together. And we're going to be the church that does this together in our city. We're going to go out to Miami and say it does not matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you are. You're invited. We're going to tear down the walls. There's a God who loves you and there's a God who is for you. Amen. I wonder how many of us we just say, well, you know, I, I know I understand that, but, but I just want to stay here. I pray we're always the church that's not warming up seats, but we're getting ready to invade our city. We're not waiting. Okay, fine. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I'll invite them in. It's not about inviting. It's about invading. Point, point number two, write this down. We don't just stay inside and invite. We have to step outside and invade. Can't just stay inside. Hey, we got an answer out here. If you guys want to come, it'll be cool. I think you'll enjoy it. We have a cool worship leader. He could have been an actor. And uh, come enjoy our services. <laughs> It's not about just inviting people, always stepping out and invading to where they are. I really think that we can't just be the type of people that expect people to come to our table and eat. We have to be willing to go to their table and eat. 
doesn't matter how different they are. doesn't matter how, what kind of background they come from. We can break bread with anybody. We can do life with anybody. We can share the gospel of Jesus with every single person. The gospel is for all people. Every single person in Miami needs to hear there's a God who loves them and a God who's for them. And he doesn't want to use perfect people to take that message. He wants to use you and me. Are we doing this? Peter had a hard time understanding this. Peter, you know, everybody knows Peter was the hard-headed apostle. He, he didn't get some stuff. He, he represents a lot of us that are hard-headed. And uh, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10, this is an interesting chapter. This is a chapter where everything turns around for the new church. All of a sudden, Jesus has gone up to heaven to be with the Father, and here's Peter now. He's like the leader of the church, and the Bible says that he's at this house, and he's getting ready to eat. The people downstairs were making Campbell's soup for him, Campbell's soup, and he's upstairs. The Bible says he's upstairs, and he's praying upstairs on the rooftop, and while he's praying, it was an hour to pray. He's praying on the rooftop. The Bible says he gets a vision, and what he sees is this blanket come down and has different kinds of meat on it. Clean and unclean to what was considered to Jewish who only ate kosher. Everything's kosher. Everything kosher that they had to eat. All of a sudden, he hears this voice from heaven that says, get up and eat. He says, God, I will not eat. Always Peter, always answering back to God. The Bible says that God has to tell him three times, get up and eat. No, God, I will not eat. Peter, get up, kill and eat. And as he's thinking about this vision, as he's wondering, what, is, what does this mean? What does this represent? What do you mean, get up, kill and eat? All of a sudden, somebody downstairs ring the doorbell. I don't know if they had doorbells down there, but somebody rings the doorbell. He go, they go downstairs. It's people asking for Peter. There was a Roman guard, a centurion. These people were the enemies of the Jewish people who God has spoken to and told them, I want you to invite Peter to your house. And I just think that's funny because who are we to say who God can speak to and can't speak to? Here God's talking to a centurion guard. And he said, I want you to call Peter over. And he sends this man to call, call Peter. Peter goes downstairs and says, what are you looking for me for? He says, oh, what God has told uh, the centurion that you need to go over his house. Look at the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 28. It says, he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile. This is Peter. You're, you know the law. I can't, I can't associate with you. I can't go over your house. He says, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. He understood the vision. The blanket was heaven and the people inside were you and me. It does not matter how clean you think you are, how dirty you think you are. We are all in this together, included in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that Peter went out and he went into the centurion's house. Are we just waiting for people to come in or are we going out to the places we think we don't belong in? Oh, we can't go there. Christians shouldn't be seen in those kind of places. I think those are the kind of places we should go to. You know, just call them out. We invade. Because whatever we avoid, the devil will invade. Can't avoid racial reconciliation. Can't avoid distinctions of people groups. Can't avoid different backgrounds. Had to invade it. We're not afraid of the darkness. We go into the darkness. Step into it. Share the gospel. We're going to go out to every single crowd. That's like a firefighter showing up at a scene. Imagine firefighters. They show up at this fire in the house. The fire is going on. The house is burning down. They're like, hey, we're out here. If you need some help, waiting for you and uh, let us know. We'll, we'll be, we're drinking some water and hopefully you can come out. Five minutes later, hey, don't know if anybody's in there, but we've been waiting for a while. We might have to go rescue a cat. Hope you can come out. Firefighters have gear and masks and they have all the tools that they have because they weren't called 
to invite people out. They were called to invade and go in and rescue the people in the fire. Can I tell you, God is calling us not to sit in a church and warm up a seat, but to go out to our city, rescue the lost, give a hand to the orphan, the widow, the stranger, the foreigner, and say, I'm here to tell you there's a gospel of Jesus. You can be saved. I can be saved. I'm here to rescue you, pull you out, because he pulled me out. Oh, come on, we're going into the fire. Come on, we're going to be a hand that rescues those that are lost. Because we have to understand the same God that saved us wants to save everybody. Who are we to make distinctions and to say these people can, these people can. We're going to love Miami. We're going to go out. Not just wait and invite, but go out to every single area. What is the gospel about? It said, Baba, having services. This is great, and we should worship together. The Bible says don't stop doing this. But this isn't what it's about. It isn't about having cool lights and cool graphics. They're very cool, by the way. Kevin killed it. But it's not about that. The day becomes only about that we failed in really understanding the heart of God. Failed. It's about going out, taking care of the orphans. Who should be the, the first people in line adopting kids? It should be the church. Who should be the first ones providing shelter to those that are homeless? It should be the church. Who should be the first ones giving blankets and giving food to those that are hungry? It's the church. Who are the first ones that should be taking care of the widow? It's the church. And I don't know about you. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all together. I don't even know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. We're going to be a church in a community, in a city, reaching out to the lost, opening up our doors and saying somehow, some way. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't pretend to get it all together, but hopefully even starting a conversation can help us. We're going to go out there and we're going to help. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We're gonna, we can't just stay in here. We're going to be a church without walls. So I love connect groups. Connect groups this year, we're not doing connect groups that are exclusive. And once you got 10 people that say nobody's allowed in, I'm sorry. Sorry if you're going through some stuff in your life. I'll see you next year. Hopefully we got a space for you. It's going to be inclusive. Everybody's invited. I don't care if we have to sit on the floor of my house. Everybody's invited. Because I pray we're not just messengers of the gospel, but we're reflectors of heaven. Last point, write that down. Point number three, we're not just messengers of the gospel, we're reflectors of heaven. How's our life looking? What, what are we reflecting? Are we reflecting the heart of heaven? Because I believe that heaven, heaven is not just one people group. It is all. How do you know that, Alex? Well, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, John, he saw a glimpse of heaven. Look what the Bible says in the book of Revelations, chapter 7, verse 9. It says, John says, after this, I looked up, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hand. They were worshiping God together. It says every nation, every tribe, every kind of people group in heaven, we're all going to be together. I pray the church is a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. This is what it should be like. It's never, church was never meant to be a social club, and you need to show ID to get in. It's never been, it was never meant to be closed doors. You need a secret code to get in, a special handshake to get in. What are people doing? What are people seeing when they see your life, my life, when they see our church? I believe for far too long this is what's happened. Hera and Avila, if you can come up here, Pastor JP, Diana, 
Louis, Rick, if you can come up here really quick, just to show a quick example. If you guys could just come up here and just, just form a circle, like huddle, huddle like if you're about to play football. You guys look like football players and the ladies, they will cut you too. For far too long, I wonder if this is what our society has seen. I wonder if this is what America has seen. Like, hey, that's church over there. They're having their Sunday mornings, meetings and gatherings, and it looks cool, and I wish I could join. And look at this guy with a cool tattoo. I mean, I mean, I wish I could know them. And who's that over there? I heard he's a Colombian sensation, but I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm not allowed in. And they have their meetings, and I, I don't know. I don't know who knows what they're doing in there. And, and I wonder if what they've gotten a picture of is exclusivity. Only some are allowed. Well, I know he used to be like me. She used to be like me, but something happened in their life. He told me something about God, and now, I don't know, they're like aliens, weird. I don't know. Never heard from them again. And they're just doing their life. They, they got it together. I guess I don't. They, they, God did something in their life. I guess he can't do it in my life. How do you believe this is not what America, what Miami needs to see? I believe what they need to see is not exclusivity, but inclusivity. Where everybody's invited, everybody's welcome. If you guys can turn around really quick. Same circle, just turn around and lock your arms really quick. This picture's different. Now all of a sudden, it's not, hey, it's only them and I'm not included. Now it's, hey, I can be included in this too. There's, there's black and white, there's men and women, there's people of all different ages, young and old. And maybe if I come by, you can snatch me up and say, hey, you're included too. Come into the family. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you've been. You're included into the church. You're included into heaven. You're included. You got access into the door. It is called Jesus. And anybody can walk in because we're inclusive, not exclusive. This is the gospel that we open up our doors and open up our arms and say, Miami, we love you. You're invited. We love you. We are going to serve. We're going to love. We're going to get on our knees, wash some feet, and help some people up. I wonder what Miami is seeing when they see us. wonder if they're just seeing an exclusive group or an inclusive group. Like I said, I don't pretend to say we got all the answers and we got it all together. God doesn't want to use people that got it all together. He wants to use people that are available. And he's going to use us to go out into this city. And we're going to start by serving. We're going to start by loving. And we're going to start by helping. We got different organizations here. I love, there's a ministry here called Embrace. Where we help rescued victims of human trafficking. They're not victims anymore. They're survivors. And we're going to give them clothes, shoes, jobs. And maybe there's a single mom. Maybe there's a widow. And we're not just going to say, hey, hope you're okay. Hope the government provides for you. You know, the church is going to step in and be the first one in line to help out. We're not going to go around our city and ignoring every single problem. We are going to be part of the solution. This is what the six weeks represent. I don't know how we're going to, we're going to start somewhere. I'll tell you how we're going to begin. I, I'm telling you, I when. I don't just want to talk about it, I want to be about it. Somehow, someway, we're going to make this happen. Next Saturday, next Saturday, October 8th, at 9 o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, we're going to meet here. And what we're going to do, we're going to have a bunch of little boxes with chocolates, with the cookies, pretzels, whatever we got to do. We'll fill it with stuff. About 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning, we're going to go out of this parking lot on foot, walking. We're going to go down to this neighborhood, down these streets. 
because I wonder how many of these houses around us, they've been around us for 15 years and never knew there was a church and a community here. So what we're going to do, we're going down the street, we're going to knock, knock on every door. We're not going to wait and invite, we're going to go and invade. And we're not going to open the door and say, hey, you need to believe in Jesus, you need to come to my church, you're a sinner, get saved. We're just going to say, hey, we're just a church here. We just, just want to give you a small gift and just say, hey, we're here to serve anything you need. Love you. Pray you're okay. All of a sudden, what would that do to our city, to our community, to our neighborhood? It's like, whoa, wait, what? What about if there's a couple that's about to get a divorce and all of a sudden uh, just somebody knocking on their door and says, hey, we're just here to serve. If there's anything I could pray for you, I love you, man. God bless you. Here's a small gift. What about if there's a mom? down the street that says hey my, my son he's lost his mind I don't know what to do all of a sudden she finds out there's a community with an awesome youth group and awesome youth leaders that are here to serve and here to help anything we could do I don't know how we're going to do it but that's going to be step one we're going to be collecting items from here to next Wednesday how are we going to have to do it if you want to bring in some pretzels some cookies we're going to provide the small boxes you just bring in some items bring them in Wednesday bring them all day today bring them all next Sunday Hopefully we get thousands of boxes. Fill them up, all of us. We're going to march through these streets as the hands and feet of Jesus. Knocking on every door and say, hey, we're just here to serve. I don't care if you ever come to this church or not. We're just here to serve. We're here. I just want to be a reflection of who Jesus was. When you know about love Jesus, Jesus wasn't afraid of people that looked different. Jesus wasn't off at a distance at whoever society says he should stay away from he always stepped in and invaded hey you shouldn't talk to Samaritans especially a woman that's a Samaritan Jesus goes and approaches a Samaritan woman hey the lepers they're outcasts they're they're on the outside of the city they're sick they're diseased and if you touch them you might get it too what well, Jesus says well that's exactly where I'm going and he touched the leper and he prayed for the leper healed the leper it does not matter what society says we're not from this society we're from a kingdom called heaven and we do things differently I pray you understand the heart of this series and what we want to do as a church if not let, let's never let us never come into the church and say it's all about me what do you you got a message for me today I hope they sing my song Oh, that my seat, you got season ticket holders, I guess. Some people like sitting in the same My seat was taken today. But let's say, hey, if somebody needs a seat, I'll give up my seat. Come on, come. I'll sit down on the floor if I have to. That will become so unselfish. That will be so much about others. People say there's something about that community, something about that church. For the next six weeks, this is what we do. And the six weeks is just a jumpstart. This is going to be our identity. This is going to be who we are for the rest of time. A church that doesn't just exist in the city, but is here to love, help, and serve a city. Pray you understand the spirit of what we're trying to do. This is what church is about. He saved us. How can we not extend the message to others? With eyes closed and heads bowed all over this place. Every single eye closed, head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know this God. My life is messed up. I, I don't got it all together. I've been, I've been living life my own way, following my own path. And I hear you talking about a God where all of us are included, but I don't know if I am. Can I tell you the truth? You are. 
Maybe you're saying, Alex, but I'm all messed up. You, if you only knew some of the things I was into, if you only knew some of the things I've been doing, I don't think God wants anything to do with me. Can I tell you, God knows every single detail about your life, and he still loves you so much. He's not afraid of it. He comes close to it. Maybe there's people in here that you don't have a relationship with God. Can I tell you, today is a day of salvation. The Bible says that sin came to separate us from God, but Jesus came to bridge the gap. The Bible says, Jesus, God, all of your sin, my sin, carried it on his shoulders, went up on a cross, and he died for our sin. The Bible says he paid the penalty for our sin. He died on that cross. He went down to a grave and spent three days in the grave. But after the third day, sin could not hold him down, and neither could death. Jesus resurrected. He's alive. The Bible says he is the way to the Father. He's the door. The invitation is open. You're invited. The Bible says the day of salvation is today, tomorrow's promise for no man. Today, you can begin a relationship with God. All over this auditorium, all over the overflow, on the radio, if you're in here and you're staying out, I need a relationship with God. I want, a, I want a brand new start today. He wants to give you a brand new beginning. While eyes are closed, heads are bowed, while the church team staff is praying. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need this. I need a brand new beginning. I'm going to count to three. And in a moment of privacy, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right there where you're at. I'm just going to acknowledge you and then you can put it right back down. If you're saying, I need a brand new relationship, hands going up already. The count of three, that's you. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. God bless you. 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 And God bless you. And you. And you. And you. God bless you. God bless you over here to my right as well. In the overflow, if you could raise your hand. We got leaders back there as well. We love you. We see you. We're praying for you. God bless you. Anybody else, you just raise your hand. Come on, the day of salvation is today. God bless you too. Amazing. Hands raised up all over this place. Raise your hand as high as you can. God bless you. Amazing. Everyone's invited. Nobody's excluded. Doesn't matter how pretty or ugly you think your sin or your life may be. Without grace, we're all the same. Anybody else, you raise your hand. Before I pray, I'm about to pray. Anybody else, you raise your hand. Right where you're at. Awesome. Hands that were raised all over this place. I see you in the back. God bless you. Hands that were raised. I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer from the bottom of your heart. It's a simple prayer. All we're doing is talking to God, asking him to come into my life. You're telling him, God, I need you in my life. Come into it. All we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in him. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new start. From today on, I am saved. I am healed. I am forgiven. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Come on, can we put our hands together for all these hands that went up? Come on. Come on, can we get up on our feet and thank God?